This is the Prestigious Initiative, and these are the points. I'm Cole Potus, and I'm joined by Chris Kent. Hello, sir. Hello, sir. So um, <clears throat> some interesting things about our conversation with J.V. Hilliard is that a lot of his creative endeavors now came from things that he just simply found fun as a child, and they just stuck with him throughout the rest of his life. Yeah, absolutely. I think that helps him to engage with those creative endeavors because it's something he genuinely cared about, something that was been with him for a long time and something that he enjoys doing. And even to this day, he mentioned being able to play like Dungeons and Dragons and being able to play video games and engage in a lot of those different things that he did find fun when he was younger and he's made a kind of career out of now but you can see how the roots started early and they've they've uh, kind of kept growing and he's able to turn it into something that not only he but many people can enjoy mm -hmm. and similarly to previous guests that we've had um he he took inspiration from several key figures there was obviously the other fantasy authors like um Tolkien and George R.R. R. Martin, but also from his uncle, who uh, really got him into D&D &D and the creative storytelling aspect of things. Yeah, it's, it's great to hear him have different role models, but uh, for whatever reason, it's even better to hear that one of them was a close family member. It kind of makes it more real and more, um, I don't know, it just kind of brings more meaning to it, in my opinion. And it's great that he had that, again, a role model and many other people, but that one that was so close to him and especially in the circumstances his uncle had and the way he made the most of his circumstances and could still uh, create something that he cared about and inspire uh, JV uh, while doing it. And I think that, again, goes to show that we, the things that we're passionate about, if we really um, pay attention to them and kind of... Uh, help to nurture them, that they're going to grow into things that we carry with us our whole lives, which can, can, can be an awesome thing to experience. Mm -hmm. Another thing I found interesting was that even though he had an early interest with creative writing, he accredits his success and his ability in creative writing to all of the practice that he got from nonfiction writing, writing speeches and um, other things of that sort. Yeah, I, I think I mentioned it when we were talking, but I, I love how his discipline comes through in his writing process. And so I'm sure writing his nonfiction papers, he talked about politics and, and different things like that and having to write a bunch of stuff that was probably boring. Um, he still was able to develop a skill with writing and then transfer that to a different type of writing. And, and as we talked about several times, he, you know, he has his structure, he has his plan and he sticks to that plan. He, uh, one of his main pieces of advice is to write every day. And so he writes every day and he continues that, uh, even on the days I'm sure he doesn't want to write. And so having that background of, of something different and utilizing the, uh, skills and work ethic that he developed through that, I think is very beneficial for him. And it's cool to see how, even though nonfiction writing wasn't exactly what he wanted to do, he could still be writing and he was able to turn that into something that uh, he more, more or less wanted to do, um, wanted to do to a, to a bigger degree. Mm -hmm. And stemming from that, uh, he made it clear that, you know, you, you shouldn't sit down and write 
three or four or five chapters a day if you don't feel like it every single day, you know, even if you're just sitting down and outlining or planning what you're going to do in the future, that still counts as sitting down and, and participating in that writing every day. Yeah, it's not it's not like, oh, well, I sat down today and I didn't write 10,000 words, so it didn't count. Well, you can sit down and plan out the next few chapters or write down some ideas, or maybe you do write 10,000 words or you write a thousand words, but you're still sitting down and doing it. And I think it's easy, not even um, in writing, not or not only just in writing, but in a lot of things. If you think to yourself, oh, well, in order to make this worthwhile, I have to do X amount or I have to do it for X amount of time when really something is better than nothing. You know, I, I, it's sometimes can be used as a negative phrase, but I generally think that something's better than nothing. Think about it uh, if you were to do exercise. It's better to get a little bit of exercise than no exercise. I, I would argue that. And I think that the same principle kind of applies here and can be applied other places. That maybe setting goals for yourself is good, but then also giving yourself a little bit of grace to say, hey, you know, I wanted to write 10,000 words today, but I only got 5,000. Okay, I still wrote, I still got it done. And, and that's important too. And realizing that, Again, not just in writing, but it doesn't always have to be this huge, big thing. You can just plan or you can think about ideas. You can write a whole bunch or just write a little bit. Whatever it is, uh, try to get something done and don't always hold yourself to this or nothing. Maybe have that goal and try to reach that goal. But if you don't, you still got some work done. And so allow yourself a little bit of space in that and, and still try to do better next time you sit down and write or do whatever it is that you do, but don't consider yourself a failure, quote unquote, because you didn't do this grand, expensive, not expensive, <laughs> uh, expansive, huge thing. You still did something and that, and that still counts and that still is beneficial. Mm -hmm, for sure. And he spoke a little bit about the different styles of writing as well. There's that more disciplined and regimented approach that he has and that works for him. And then there's other people who, um, as he said, do it more by flying by the seat of their pants, like uh, Stephen King. He used as a big example for that style of writing. And really, he just made sure to emphasize the point that both of those styles are valid and it just comes down to what works the best for you. Yeah, what did, what do you call them? Pantsers? <clears throat> Pantsers, yes. Pantsers, yeah, people that's an interesting phrase. Uh not not the tanks. Not, yeah, not the T, yep, not yep. not a Z. Let's uh, make sure we have our, our writing correct here, <laughs> our spelling correct. Um yeah, I even mentioned it in the episode too. I think um this is probably the biggest concept that can can be seen outside of writing, or at least in my opinion, I think it's easy to kind of translate the two is that comparing ourselves to someone else, comparing ourselves to how someone else does and seeing someone else and how successful they are and the way they do things and not being able to relate to that uh, method, not being able to quite uh, achieve the same thing they're doing doesn't mean that you are a failure because you don't match up to them. Uh, he talked about knowing yourself and, and being able to uh, find self-confidence in what you do. And so maybe you don't write a lot of short stories. Maybe you sit down and you write a whole bunch or vice versa. Maybe you don't write a whole bunch at once, but you write a lot of short stories. Uh, find out what you're good at. Find out what you like to do. Find out what works for you and be successful at that. And don't compare yourself to somebody else just because uh, Cole wrote down 10,000 words and I wrote down a hundred doesn't mean I'm a failure. We just do it differently and, and don't hold yourself to others expectations or try to match what someone else does, but hold yourself to your own expectations in 
or within what you know you're good at and what works for you. And you have to find that out though. So to, in order to know uh, how what standard to hold yourself to, you got to find out what works for you, how you work and how you're going to measure your work and kind of work from there. And on top of that too, it, it makes it easier, I think, to appreciate other things because the way JV put it is, you know, I see someone doing this and I just don't work like that. Not, I see someone doing this and I wish I could do that. That's not, it's a, it's a perspective shift there of like, Hey, I admire that he can write a bunch of words. I, you know, I can only write a little bit at a time or vice versa. And then he took it a step further and he said, yeah, I like to write a lot of big expansive sections, but I challenged myself to try to write smaller and smaller and smaller. So he, he recognized the strengths and weaknesses he had. And then he leaned into the strengths, but he still tried to bring up the weaknesses by challenging himself and exercising different uh, kind of disciplines. And so there's many ways you can go with that. But I think, again, the, the most important thing is that you're not comparing yourself to other people. You find out what works for you. And then beyond that, you try to challenge yourself to become better at the things that you're not necessarily uh, as strong at. Mm -hmm. And connecting to that, the three pieces of advice that he gave to aspiring authors, but really they apply to anyone in any area of work, whether it be self-improvement or your social life or really even just work itself, um, or to write every day or at least participate and do something in whatever field it may be every day. Um, be open to constructive criticism, of course, and then also he phrased it as socializing, but just running that work past people that genuinely understand it and may raise valid and genuine questions and help to critique you. And going back to point number two about accepting that constructive criticism. Yeah. And I like his advice and I've been trying to think, and maybe you can help me, but some of that is worded specifically toward authors, but I'm sure there's a way that that can be more generalized. What do, you, what do you think? Because I, I know that like, you know, you can't, you, you don't run a manuscript past everybody, but like, well, how does that kind of relate more general? Sure. I mean, I think th there certainly is a way to, to generalize it. I'm not going to pretend that I know the best way to generalize it right now off the top of my head. But I mean, even things like we run past each other at work. I mean, we're still, we're, we're not writing it all out per se, but we're sure. still speaking it out to each other and, and running it past each other and asking each other for questions and feedback and ways that we think that it might be improved and uh, just things like that. Okay. Yeah. So I, yeah, I guess, like I said, I like his advice, but I'm trying to find out a way to take it just from writing and to make it more general so we can apply it in other areas too. And, and that's a, that's a good point. I guess I hadn't thought about it like that yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, another thing that I found interesting, and I know this, if, if I were, I'm not a super creative type of person, but if I were, and I was in a similar situation like JV, where he's handing his things off to another team, like the video game developers, um, is letting go of a certain amount of control to allow them to do their work as they need to do it. I know that's something that I would personally probably struggle with. Yeah, I think that's difficult I, in this creative essence or another essence when you're in charge of something and someone tries to come in and say, hey, let's do it this way or I think this way is better. It can be difficult and easy to bristle against that person because you know how to do the job and trying to have someone else tell you how to do the job you know you're good at is can be difficult. But I liked 
uh, kind of what I said to him in our in our talk is I think it'd be really cool in this aspect, especially to see how someone else engages with the, the world that he has created. And so he's created this world within his his saga and his series and handing that off to someone else to do what they want to do with it trying to keep it true to his story still, but kind of taking it places he might not have or taking it places he didn't think of before, I think would be really cool. Now, I can't say for sure because I'm not in that position. Maybe it's extremely frustrating, but maybe trying to look at it from a different perspective, whether it be the writing or in other cases where you're in charge of something, having someone else come in and say, hey, how would you do this? And kind of let them approach it and see how they deal with it uh, can help you grow because Again, they're going to think of things you didn't think of. They might try a different way that you didn't think of doing it. And I think both of you can learn and grow from each other because maybe you can pick up something that they did or maybe the thing they are going to do with it isn't going to work. So you can give them some advice and say, hey, maybe try this and maybe look at it as a, a growing or collaborative opportunity rather than, hey, someone's trying to take what I did and change it, which is what's happening. But Again, it's a perspective shift of how you look at it and, and what's actually happening is maybe this person, hopefully a person isn't coming to try to destroy your work, but they're trying to uh, change it, make it better even, or take it in a different direction that you didn't necessarily think of and view that as um, benefit, collaboration, view it, view it as help rather than someone coming in and trying to change, take, and destroy uh, the work that you have done. At least that's kind of how I would... Uh, think about that or, or try to, you know, pull something out of that kind of situation. Mm -hmm. I think that's definitely a good way to look at it. Um, next, there's the uh, area of talking about balancing the business aspect and the social life aspect and the creative life aspect. Those, those three kind of areas that he touched on a little bit and how putting up boundaries and walls between those areas is important but also that they still kind of connect. Like the creative aspect becomes sort of the business aspect after a while if you're serious about it and you put in the investment of your time into it. And also, of course, you know, you can share your creative endeavors with those that are involved with your social life and back and forth with that. Yeah, I'm glad that we ended up talking about that because, again, this is something that we can apply to not just writing but other parts of different uh, walks of life. And so having those boundaries and creating that work-life balance and finding some way to incorporate something you're passionate about into your life or into work and making those kind of the same thing, I think is a, a, a big task to take on. But we can see like in JV's life, the benefits he's reaped from it and the joy that he's gotten out of it. If you're willing to, to put the work in and you're, it's, it's feasible for it to work. I think it's great to try to mend those things or meld those things together, but still maintain your boundaries. Like I said, you know, he's with his family and, and he has an idea. It would be easy to say, all right, see you later. going to go write a bunch of uh, words here. But instead of doing that, he just puts a note on his phone. He can come back to later because he also values his family time. And he has that boundary of not wanting to just abandon that. And so again, I think that's important, not just in JV's life and, 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 having to do with writing, but we can apply that to any situation, you know, have boundaries, have walls, but then have kind of workarounds for that. If you have an idea or you get a business phone call or, you know, whatever it is. I know we talked to um, a previous guest, Kevin, uh, Kevin Palmieri, and, and he basically says, listen, I, I work from this time to this time. And then when I get home, I put the phone down. I don't touch it till tomorrow. 
And so he has that set time where he's working and then, you know, he has his family time, his, 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 his private life. And he keeps those two things separate. It'd be easier for him to keep the phone on him all the time and try to be connected to people. But he values that time and he sets that boundary and he sticks to it. And I think that's important. You know, we've, we've done an episode about work-life balance, but we're learning so many other things from people as we talk to them and how they approach it and the different ways you can, and kind of balance all that together. Mm-hmm. Lastly, and I know this is kind of out of order because this point came up earlier in our conversation with JV, but he mentioned putting character traits and when you're making characters in a story, putting character traits from people that you may know in real life and you've spent enough time around to to know their unique and identifiable character traits into the characters in the story. And I think that can kind of relate back to what Mr. Bean says about being present and attentive in the moment always, you know, just being able to um, stay focused and pay attention to what's going on around you in the current moment so that if you needed to or wanted to, you would be able to put that information into a creative endeavor like JV suggests. That's a really good point. I hadn't even thought about that, but definitely I think that helps you to stay present and then you're able to notice those things in other people. And then if you were to do something with it, then you were there when you need it to be so that you can use that later. That's absolutely good. Good. Uh, good catch. All right. Well, do you have any other last points? No, sir. No, I enjoyed our conversation. I, I have to admit I was unsure of how, uh, a dark fantasy author would fit into our podcast and, and fit into leading a prestigious life. But I think JV had a lot of tips and, and, uh, lessons that we could learn from him. And, uh, I enjoyed our conversation. It was engaging and interesting, something a little different than we normally do, but, um, I was able to learn from him and enjoyed our, our time with JV. Mm -hmm. I think overall it it still fit well, even though it was a little bit different. Yes, sir. Sure. Yes, sir. Well, Thank you for joining us for the points. Make sure you come back next week for another good conversation and even more points. Until next time. Stay prestigious.